Tina, you ready? ready. Martina, you ready? The Steve Dangle Podcast with your hosts, Steve Dangle, Adam Wilde, and Jesse Blake. Let's go! Mm. Mm. Adam, show us the mug. Oh. I think this mug is from season season five or six. They have a new mug every year. So of this what? Is the, For people listening. Uh, the Maryland Dennis Show on CTV. Does it taste like mom? Uh, right now it's tasting like a poorly made coffee that I made too fast. Um, and I don't want to know what mom tastes like. Thanks very much, Jesse. That's uh, quite, God damn. quite I... disturbing. I'm not really sure. <laughs> Jesse, Jesse, that's the worst help. thing we're going to discuss today, <laughs> and we're talking about the Leafs again. Like, yes. good lord! I give I give both of those topics the same kind of screwed up pinchy face, but you know mm. that's me. You know what, Jesse? Jesse what makes funny. I, what did I do? No, he makes funny jokes most of the time. Jesse mm-hmm. makes funny jokes at least four times out of seven. Every time. <laughs> Would you say Jesse could close out a show? Oh, you know, <laughs> e- even if Jesse lays back-to-back duds uh-huh. at our feet, I know the next one's going to kill. And mm. do you think he has the experience to... Would you say that he has the experience, Steve? No, what I Finish think... Finish it? He, I mean, I just like that he doesn't make excuses. Mm. <laughs> and I just like that he's always there. Uh-huh. And and just never lets me down, uh-huh. always repeatedly. I I just really I like that about him. You know what we're going to talk about today with respect to the rest of the playoffs. Uh, <sighs> I'm sorry, it's so funny that the Leafs tragedy is the biggest story in hockey right now. But frankly, it is uh, because everybody in every market is interested in yep. how you got Stephen A. Smith talking about it. I mean, this is this is bad. Just just- uh, so. Um, Jesse, did you want to, did you want to, uh, well, we, we've got, I know we've got audio kicked up for that. Do you have the Stephen A. Smith? Yeah, I can play the Stephen A. Can Smith. Can you play it? I was I, on I want to ES- cheer people up. I was on ESPN uh, Plus on the app. That's where his new show is. And I, I couldn't get it in Canada to play the full clip. So I only have the 18 second one that was uh, going around on Twitter. But yes, I will play it right now. So Maple Leafs right there. Oh, the Dallas Cowboys of the NHL. <laughs> the Dallas Cowboys of Canada. <laughs> Just failures on an epic level every year. It's true. Failures on an epic level every year. Pretty they don't, much sums it up. They don't fail a little. They fail hard, guys. Like I've, like we said last episode, had they been swept, it would have been less noteworthy. Look at Edmonton. They're kind of calmer than us. Yeah. <laughs> I've watched the Dallas Cowboys in the Super Bowl in my lifetime. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. what I would say to Stephen A is, nope, not bad enough. Um, I want to I want to cheer you up with a couple of things before we really get started here. First off, it's not going to work, but continue. There was a man who gave Kyle Dubas an A plus in the organization, an A plus in April. The same man today said this: the two teams that have been outside, sorry, the two teams that have been built by analytics are both on the outside looking in. The Toronto Maple Leafs. Oh and Edmonton Oilers. This is now, this is someone you should never listen to ever again. Pierre Maguire. 
You know that. You know what he's going to say. But Pierre Maguire, not four weeks ago, gave the Leafs organization and Kyle Dubas an A+, and is now ripping on them for using analytics. It's, I think, I mean, we know the analytics debate is over, but Pierre is your uncle who still needs to talk about Nam. Like there's that, I, I mean, Jesus. You, know, <laughs> you know what I mean? No, you know, it's, it's that, it's that not, not actual uncle that went to Nam uh, with respect. It's more like along the lines of, you know, that there's that, there's guys that are just talking about the good old days and they're still reliving their golden years. No, he just needs to be brilliant. He needs to be brilliant. And, and oh, that's, dear. yeah, he can't just, just, it has to no, be my brilliant brain. eye that has been uh, uh, just rejected from coaching for over two decades. Now my brilliant unmatched eye is, is the only thing here. And, and I just, I need to know why stations need to keep bringing Pierre Maguire on to say the exact same thing. <laughs> well, because it's somebody poison the water hole. You're my favorite deputy. Analytics are alive. Fucking Woody ass opinion. I don't care. It's funny. Uh, can Yo, you believe he said that? Yes, because he's got one thing to say. I gotta, Jesus. I gotta ask TSN Montreal if they can just stop asking him about analytics. Like, stop. If you have to have him on, stop asking him. Because uh, everybody knows what the answer is, and they're they're pretty intelligent hosts over there, so it's not as though I I wonder even if that question was prompted. I wonder if they're like, "Hey, how do you feel about analytics?" I wonder if it was just highly doubt it. Here's how I him, fucking feel about analytics. Yeah, to give them the benefit of the doubt, I'd like to hear it. You know, because any the, the Twitter is always a tough place because anybody yeah. can write a sentence and it looks tough, especially when it's from these hockey aggregator accounts where it's like Pierre Maguire said this, everybody go get mad, and then they do. Right. So well, I know. I, I know love Pierre to hear it. it. He did say it. Arpin Basu was tweeting about it. Um, I, I know that he said it. It's just a matter of did what context did, did they prompt it. All right. Did they prompt it? And was the question like, cause I could ask Pierre the question, Hey, you know, how do you feel about, you know, how the Leafs went? And he could have gone, well, if you look at the two teams that are on the outside looking in, it's the Oilers and the Leafs and they like analytics. And by the way, the Oilers were not built on analytics. So I'm not really sure where he was going with and that. The, the reality is lie. we needn't spend much time on this. Yeah. I was just making it, I was bringing it up so you'd laugh. And I hope you And nobody did because we're just Sorry. upset. Because okay, well, it's, been, uh, it's been an angry 48 hours. Let me try, let me try this, guys. <laughs> uh, Antonio Brown has signed on for cryptocurrency. Can I make, can I just at least, he said, I've just decided to join D's Nuts coin. And they stand for, uh, and what they stand for, and I'm going all in on D's Nuts. And uh, it's a, uh, they're trying to raise money. It's a, it's a, it is a, like a Bitcoin sort of thing. It's a cryptocurrency, yeah. but, but um, they're trying to raise money to fight cancer in testicular cancer and that sort of thing. But I just thought Antonio. Oh, that's Brown, awesome. He's nuts coins, which I thought was kind of funny, right? That's kind of a cool initiative. I joined who's these nuts be, coins. Who's going to be the first person to be cremated and put in an NFT urn? Like, when did everything become a meme? Jesus. It's funny. Uh, I read an article today saying that NFTs have like fallen off a cliff in terms of value in the last month. And everybody's like, well, we all knew this was coming. It's the end. And I'm like, well, they just sold uh, the Charlie bit my finger for 750 grand. So uh, right. I think they're okay. Yeah. And, and, uh, and beyond that, this is how cryptocurrency works. It's wild swings in the market. So I don't think, I think it's a little early to be calling the NFT thing dead. Um, it's just a matter of maybe it evens out a little bit, you know. Volatility, guys. Why is the stock term? 
What? Why are you making me record today? Like, just let me die. Like, you know what? I don't. I don't. I feel a little bit more sober and better about everything. So I, I do want to. Really? I, I think I got, I've gotten worse. In. I'm surprised. Okay, so this is good. This is we yeah. should have this talk. So obviously, you know the story: the Leafs and the Canadians. The Canadians win. The Leafs do not. I think from the Montreal side, um, Deneau and Gallagher and Price deserve a ton of credit. Caulfield and Kakaniemi, who should have been playing since the first game. Uh, it's funny how once they play, the series shifts. Um, uh, you know, it's it's. I think they made a bad coach look really, really good, to be honest. So full credit to the Montreal Canadiens players. You cannot convince me that uh, Dom Ducharme, I almost called him Jeff, uh, is a good coach. He's not. But this will probably save his job. That made me probably, laugh, you bastard. <laughs> and, uh, and it probably saves Bergevin's as well. So good for them. Players came through, and that's what you hope for. The disrespect that I felt that Kyle Dubas was served, and this is an odd, odd spot. I felt like with the effort and the um, effort, and the and, and I'm setting you up, Steve, for this because this is a point you made a year ago against Columbus. The disrespect this team shows to the general manager who paid them all. Paid them Especially all. Especially the star players. Any any and he's extra attentive when a player is hurt or they're in hospital, they're going through something, always goes to bat for them in the media, and he's willing to take the hit from the media, and he goes at the targets that the players don't like. That GM who's has paid an unbelievable amount of money to a group of players that has been outscored 11 to two in their past three game sevens or, or deciding games because deciding games, game, game seven, game five, then game seven. And it's all or nothing. It's, it's an all or nothing game. It's when your best game is supposed to be. And they've been with different supporting casts, but the main players stay the same outscored 11 to two, including a shutout over their last three final all or nothing deciding games. You don't stay young forever. When's this team not young anymore? When's this team not young anymore? When is it just part of their DNA that they're chokers? Like when, when does that happen? How kind was I and was so much of the fan base? Oh, they're great defensively though. Look at their defensive performance. They lost again, again. And now we're never going to hear the end of this, by the way. Like you, you, you expect, you expect Montreal Canadiens fans to have a good week. And hey, they're going to bring this up forever. They're going to bring this up forever. The, Bru- the Bruins still, like, they have they have an album to, to reference, but they always go back to 2013 because that was the best one. Always play the hits, kids. Always play, don't play, I don't want to hear it. You know, the, the Leafs and Bruins went out there and they recorded Game 7 2019, and they tried to go out to every Leaf Bruins concert. And all the Bruins fans say, enough of this new shit. Play the hits. 
and they go back to 2013 and they and they and they show the Jack Edwards clip and they go, oh yeah, that's my jam to talk about the dragon and the dagger for a team that shouldn't have even been in the playoffs. Let's go encore as as Jack Edwards throws guitar picks into the friggin' crowd. <laughs> At what point is this just who you are? Like, I don't, I don't last year, who'd we give it to? Dubas. Because this wasn't right with the team. And this wasn't right with the team. And this wasn't right with the team. And we gave it to Babcock the year before. And that was a mistake. Not firing him that very day when they got eliminated 2019 was a mistake. And I called it. And CJ's like, nope, the Leafs liked their game five. And I thought, what a bunch of brain worms in this organization. And they actively decided, why don't we be dog shit for a month and a half to start next season? So they tried that and they discovered, you know, we don't like being dog shit anymore. So they went out and they got Sheldon Keefe to be the head coach and they were good for a while. And then they played and the team showed, oh, actually we're still not very good. We're actually kind of crap. Then the young guys got a year older. They added Jack Campbell. He became the starter. They signed TJ Brody, the, the best defensive signing. Hmm. 25 years since Robert Spala. Seriously, since Robert Spala. I'm not kidding. Like, Robert Spala like, was the last good defenseman they signed in free agency. Like, pretty far back. You have to, it predates the, the, the not winning a playoff round slump. Mm -hmm. Um, they, they get depth at the deadline. Nick Felino, I mean, no one asked him to get hurt. I give him a pass on that one. It's an expensive pass. We'll come back to that. We will. We will. I know what you're going to say. We will. I don't know what I would change about this team. So you have to look at the core. You have to look at the core who you coldly and sociopathically look at. You, you cannot uh, take feelings into account. How do you feel right now? Any fan in this fan base feel loved by this team? Like, like we're so far beyond caring about anybody's feelings here. You shouldn't hurt them. You should, anyone who goes to a player's like Instagram page and leaves a comment saying that they suck or whatever after a loss like this, you deserve to be put on a watch list. You do. I don't, there's something I, wrong I, with you. I don't feel safe sitting next to you on a flight. Like, like there's, you shouldn't have a license. <laughs> and, and in all honesty, if that is you, please speak to someone. You do need therapy. And I'm not joking. You do need therapy. It's a, yes. it's a yeah. definite need in your life. And if you don't recognize that that's a problem, then you for sure, for sure need therapy. Run it by five people in your life. Ask them if that's okay. Y yes, seriously. Or you're a child. Like you're, or you're literally like you're, under the age of 18, you're, you're 11, right? Yeah. Now. Yeah. Yeah. And this yeah. is what you do with your spare time. So yeah. other than an 11 year old, yeah. cause I know 11 year olds who are mean online and it's okay sure. because they're 11. Sure. Cause they're 11. I played call of duty against many of them and they yeah. destroyed me. <laughs> Yes, I've, I've been yes. on shell in a chat room with 11 year olds. It's not nice. No, I, I, I always lose <laughs> video games to 12 year olds and they go good game, sir. Oh yeah. <laughs> Every time. And also your mom, like <laughs> it's uh, oh boy. Uh, yeah. I had to get off halo pretty quick, but 
beyond not being intentionally nasty, you don't care about feelings. And listen, who traded Nazem Kadri? Who? Himself. Kyle Dubas. Or actually, well, Nazem Kadri. Naz traded himself. Naz, Naz, got it right. Naz traded him. Yeah. yeah. Nazem Kadri traded Nazem Kadri. Yeah. Now, we yelled at Kyle Dubas for the return. But Nazem Kadri pulled the trigger on that trade. Mm-hmm. And blocked another one that would have brought TJ Brody to Toronto in the first a place. So not earlier. only that, Nas yep. screwed us in the playoffs and then screwed us in the offseason. People do forget that. Yep. And sure it is. Yes, I understand that's his contractual right, but let's call it what it is. He he traded himself. And he got to pick to where? Lucky yeah. him. Lucky him. But he traded himself. The Leafs and Mitch Marner, that the contract saga was so ugly and so horrible, and everyone hated it. And then we said, well, now you're getting paid star money. Why don't you go out there and be a star? And you know what Mitch Marner did? He went out, and he was top five in NHL scoring. The first year with his contract? uh, No, but there was an injury involved and a coach firing and blah, blah, blah. And his points per game was very good. It was very good. So, and then obviously the Panini happens. Yeah. This year, we go, all right, you got a full season ahead of you. Well, a full Full season. You got a new start anyway. You got a blank slate ahead of you. And this dude finishes top five in scoring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He led the team in points in the Panini season too, did he not? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he did. Yeah. And and uh, you know the games where Matthews was out, he was still very good. Mm-hmm. Like you talk about needing to step up, and he did. Um, let let me just let me throw a stat at you. Mitch Marner has never scored less than 42 assists in a season. It's pretty that's good. so many assists. <laughs> that's that's insane. His highest 68. It's a lot of assists. Oh, pretty good. And he had 47 in 55 games this year. Like, and scored at his highest goal scoring clip. Yes. Was on, would you say, Jesse, was on track for it was 30? a 30 goal pace? Yeah. 82 game season. That's pretty yeah. damn good. So, outside of, like, let's pretend he did fine in these playoffs, but they lost anyway. Let's pretend different. he got, let's pretend he got two goals, three assists. It's a mm-hmm. whole different 48 hours. No, it's not. Uh, and here's why. Okay. Uh, okay. It is. A, it's <laughs> the flavors. The <laughs> flavors a little different. The flavors <laughs> a little different, but the truth I am about to say remains the same. Okay. And it's cold. Let's hear it. Our warm, dumb human brains will think about it differently. But here's the ice cold truth. After that stupid, awful, shitty, poorly executed saga was over. All they had was games, and he did well in them. But they signed a six-year contract, thinking that by the end of it, the cap would be at least $90 million. Hmm. Mitch Marner didn't ask for a pandemic. Kyle Dubas didn't ask for a pandemic. Darren Ferris certainly didn't ask for a pandemic. None of the parties involved asked for the situation that we're in that has turned all our lives upside down and for hockey purposes, kept the cap flat this year, probably next year. And who knows how far into the future. And the difference is you need to seriously evaluate. This is before this, this season even began. The difference is now 
that your plan is shot. Shot. This we're going to sign these guys. It'll be expensive, but it'll get cheaper as the contract gets uh, goes on. That plan is shot by the pandemic. So his top five scoring um, uh, performance alone, like before that even happens, the plan is shot. And now that they had the terrible performance in the playoffs, you need to literally call teams. You have to call teams and offer them this player. Now you're under no obligations to trade this player. You don't want to emotionally trade this player. You can keep this player. You can keep this player and he'll do great for you. He will. But the reality of 2021 is not the reality that you signed this contract in, in 2019. Was it 2019? I think it was 2019. I think it was. Your reality is worlds apart from that one. And you need to seriously consider trading this player. The only thing I'll say to that is, in your world, he could have had a playoff performance that justified $11 million. Yep. And then, and then, like you said, Cal Dubas built a great team with him on the roster so he could do it again. And he could have just showed up and performed like the amount of money and then you wouldn't have to trade him. Yeah, I'll say this. It's very unlikely you win a Mitch Marner trade. So I don't... Well, I got a few well, things to say about that, but we'll get to, we can go keep going with this, guys. I, I do want to... I want to address that one particularly. Sure. Like, I just... You don't trade him for nothing, and you're not eager to trade him, but you have to start the dialogue. I, I think... I don't think Mitch Marner is unique enough to the point where you don't have to, where you can't not trade him because Austin Matthews in his role is a once in a generation guy, Mm -hmm. but there's not the left wing first line slot. Isn't so unique that you can't get a player who will lead your team to victory in that role on the, in the lineup for Mitch Marner. Right wing. Sorry, right wing. Sorry. Yeah. So it's not like you can't get another right winger on a first line that can help your team win. If that makes sense. It does. And like Backstrom never once, Nicholas Backstrom never once got or I think asked for Alex Ovechkin money. We knew who the star was. We knew who put the puck in the net. You you put most valuable primate out there with Alex Ovechkin. He probably set him up for a couple one-timers, for God's sake. Not taking anything away from one of the most underrated players of a generation in Nicholas Backstrom. But I don't think the Capitals for one minute were like, let's give these guys a near equal amount of money. And right. you don't have let- to win the trade you just have to win the slot in the lineup that's going to help you win a round in the playoffs because like i see the one of the big conversations that's happened in the last in the last two days is okay it's it takes teams in the nhl a lot it takes cores a lot of kicks at the can to win in the playoffs it took ovechkin um, from the day he was drafted until 2018 to win a Stanley Cup. 2004 took, to 2018. It took Tampa Bay so many chances, and then they they lost. They got swept by Columbus, and they still ran it back again because the GM and the whole club believed in them. They brought back the core. It, two trips uh, to the Cup final. 
you don't trade uh, Crosby and Malkin just because they have a bad playoffs. Like I, I've, I've seen that a whole bunch of times. And like my, uh, I worked at the zoo story is bringing up the 2019 Toronto Raptors because that's my favorite sports team of all time. And like with that championship run, I learned that the regular season means nothing. Absolutely it, nothing. It's, I feel bad for Leafs fans next year because they're going to sit through 82 games and realize that, hey, it means absolutely nothing. You're 82 games. It's I, about I can't wait in the to do LFR for 82 games. That you got to do it. It's your job. So the, they don't matter, fans, but they don't matter. Like, they don't. They don't. They're, they're exhibition. That. There's <laughs> exhibition and then there's exhibition that counts. And then there's the playoffs. Right. You have you have your warm up. It's your 82 games, and then that's your warm-up to win in the playoffs. But the thing about the kicks of the can with this team is that the bar is so low. With all of those franchises, with, hey, Malkin and Crosby, they had a bad playoffs. You don't trade them. Uh, Ovechkin didn't win a cup till 2018. The bar for Matthews and Tavares and Nylander and Marner isn't to win the Stanley Cup or go on a deep run. It's just to win a round. You, yes, like so. It, the the bar for fans is hey, close out one series. You have had five tries at this. What one it's series not, with three attempts to do it? It's not mm-hmm. go win a championship. It's win a round, and we'd be happy. So that's why I'm like, hey, hey, a couple guys here. You didn't show up in the only part of the season that matters. You showed up in the preseason where you got to practice to get into the playoffs. You showed up there, but then you didn't show up again in the playoffs. You don't get another kick at the can because your bar for success is at, is at the ground. You can walk over it, and you couldn't do that. At some point, you just you can't. So, If I might, I was listening to... Um... You know, and a lot of this, the attention circles around Mitch Marner, and I think it should. I think it should. You have high-paid players that you expect things from. I, you know, it's funny. With Matthews, I know he'll figure it out. With Nylander, honestly, there are focus issues there. But if that guy was on, on his it's game like he was. Goals. Yeah, well, <laughs> what I'm saying is I'm talking about the regular season. Oh, yeah, sure. But you're right, 100%. He was spectacular. I thought he was the best player in the series for the Leafs. Mm-hmm. Um, him and Jack. Um, my issue is... Uh, um, and the reason why I tweeted what I tweeted, which was, I think this is very likely Mitch Marner's last game in Toronto. Um, it wasn't an emotional thing. Nope. What I saw this series, cold. it was cold. I, I, what I saw this series, Steve, you bring up the cap considerations. And by the way, there's going to be a lot of people going, who the hell would take that albatross of a contract? Well, Everybody. 48% of it's been sold or sorry, been paid. So as soon as July 1st hits, um, you're, or sorry, that will be the percentage of it that's paid. Mitch Marner's average, I think, is going to be $6.25 million in actual dollars. And people in are like, cash. Yeah. yeah. And people will be like, well, who the hell could take a, a cap hit of 11 million? Well, there's plenty of teams, plenty of teams that would love to have that and don't, and they want dead money. There's a lot mm-hmm. of teams that want dead money because it means they fill the cap space without actually having to pay the player. It's great. Now, it's here. Sorry. Well, yeah. it's as if Luke Fox is listening to our show somewhere on one of our walls. He just tweeted fun fact: Since joining the team, Mitch Marner leads the Toronto Maple Leafs in playoff points per game with 0.78. Okay. So here's that makes I me like. feel so much worse. <laughs> this I, guy's like the to... best one. Ah! Like what a nightmare. Go ahead, Adam. What a nightmare. I hate these guys. I hate this team. I want to tear every one of these things off the wall. Go ahead, Adam. Sorry. To be fair, he's one of the only guys that's been here this long. Yeah. Number one. Uh, yeah, number two, he should true. be. 
he should be the leader. He's mm. the leader in the regular season in scoring. He should be the leader. That shouldn't mm. surprise you. Um, I think what what is particularly jarring for me for what I saw in these playoffs from the play on the ice, and you could show me stats that that you might be able to show me stats, although I don't think you can. Uh, <laughs> that that would maybe challenge this. Mitch Marner's style of play. It's not that he doesn't care. I heard Elliot Friedman talking about uh, on Anthony Petrelli's podcast for Maple Leafs hot, hot Stove before this. I was listening and Elliot's like, you know, Leaf fans think he doesn't care. He clearly cares. He's clearly devastated. I have never once thought that Mitch Marner lacks passion for the game. I've never once thought that Mitch Marner is a bad person. Um, like we said earlier, if you're one of those people that's like, he needs to die alone in a forest, you're fucking nuts and you need help. Yeah. But I am going to criticize his play. Somebody said to me the other day, you know, I think Mitch Marner is probably the best perimeter player in, in the league. And I think they might be right. And when we talk about what's not succeed- basketball, you can't shoot threes. Right. When we talk about what succeeds in the playoffs, though, it isn't that game. So I don't know that it's I'm not sure that it's that he doesn't want to. In fact, I know that it's not that he doesn't want to. I'm not genuinely sure that he can. I'm not sure that the game the Leafs need from Mitch Marner is the game that he can deliver them. I don't know of like, you know, you look at a guy like Patrick Kane. Patrick Kane, great hockey player, perimeter player, sets a lot of people up, but you'll see Patrick Kane drive the net. I have never once seen Mitch Marner drive the net, especially lately. I I don't think it's possible. I think, and then we get into the whole situation with, and this is diverging from my point a little bit, but still along those lines. Um, I I think when you have players that, that create issues in front of the net, which the Leafs did a terrible job of in this series, um, you can create a lot of scoring chances in the playoffs, as we saw. And two, there's three, a report. And it wasn't a it wasn't a problem. And right. We don't there, want to do it anymore. There's a report out there about Mitch Marner wanting to not we're not wanting to play the goal line on the power play. Now, not being a systems uh, a systems guy, my assumption would be it's dangerous to play the goal line. <laughs> it sucks to play the goal line because Mercy Tucker play played the goal line. Yeah, because the because because NHL defensemen will blow you up. They will, even on, the, even on the penalty kill. You watch guys dance along the goal line towards the goalie with the puck. They always get crushed. Now, Mitch Marner came out today and said that was a lie. I have to tell you, the people reporting these things are people that I tend to trust. So here's, what I, here's my main issue with this, okay? You've got Mitch Marner saying, absolutely not true. I would have played the goal line. You've got Manny Malhotra, who's running the power play, who makes no changes on it from the time it goes dead about two and a half months ago. And you're going to tell me that a coach who sees what's happening, who's looking at the numbers goes, no, I'm fine. I'm going to keep it the same. So Justin Bourne said something interesting about that because he's worked closely with the Marlies when Keefe was the head coach. And he said, when something's failing, like the power player, the penalty kill, Keefe gets closer and closer to that failing problem. So we, by the end of it, uh, he, he's unsure if Manny Malhotra was actually in charge of the power play. It might have been Keefe who's making some decisions at the end there because of how much of a failure it has been during the regular season. So what that's, I would say that's, to that's that is, is it looks like no decisions were made at all because it Keefe. was the exact same power play each and every time. So let me, let me say this. Just let me say this. <laughs> if, if it's untrue that Mitch Marner said, hey, I won't play the goal line on this, then go out next year and prove it. 
Go play the goal line. Do because it. that guys like Ray Ferraro are on the radio today saying that is what you need to do. That is what you need to do. And Ray wasn't verifying it. He said, but if that is the case, we to, to be successful in the NHL, these are the things that you need to do. And I am not certain. I know that Mitch Marner's game lends itself to the regular season. We've seen that top five in scoring. The guy's unbelievable. I am not convinced in regular in, in playoffs when things get tight. And you know, like you can you can throw your his points per game at me. He hasn't scored a goal in the postseason since he game signed one. his extension. Yeah. So that's two two playoff two playoff series. He has not that is 12 games. He has not scored a goal. That is not okay. He has eight assists in those 12 games. That's okay. He's almost completely shut out of the scoring in game seven or game five situations. I'm sorry. I don't know if his style of play lends itself to what the Leafs need when it comes to the postseason. You know the Leafs can make the playoffs. Can they score and succeed in the playoffs? What we saw, I I don't believe it. Could it not only be his style of play, but his mental toughness? Like, I hate questioning that in players, but we all watch the games. Can you not tell me that that's a guy who looks nervous? The puck over the glass penalty, Steve, you brought it up last episode. That's unbelievable. It's visibly nervous, though, and Arpin Basu tweeted it out. And, like, I didn't tweet anything, but, like, I, I can't remember if I said anything during the stream. But I'm looking at the faces he's making. I, I, and I was talking about his body language at one point. I was like, I was like, bro, like this game's tight. <laughs> You're gonna be fine. Like you, you, you can get one next shift. Everything's gonna be fine, man. Like I'm Doctor Anxiety, and and I'm the one going, bro. You're gonna be okay. Everything's gonna be fine, man. And he was the most visibly nervous guy on the team and i don't think that's unfair to say no one's going oh you weakling you can't right. do it and fortitude but well, there are people real. saying that there are yeah, people those saying. people are idiots right yes. but yes. nerves right. are real <laughs> it's, are real. it's you know there's there's been an interesting com- conversation around you know a- athletics and and um and basically mental illness and you know, Naomi Osaka kind of, kind of at the, at the, the center of all that. But like, like I'm, I'm watching the guy make faces, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and it feels, <clears throat> it's like you said about the, uh, the points per game thing. He's been here the whole time. And this is part of the reason, a big part of the reason why he's getting hammered. Who else has been here the whole time? Austin just won the rocket. And I tell you what, I, I kind of think Marner had a better series than Austin did. I mean, Austin didn't look good at all. Flat flat out about that. He was not good. So often the Habs attacked. Matthews did a dogged job on defense of getting the puck back. And then Hyman and Marner brought the puck up together alone with Matthews miles behind them and it didn't work. It just didn't work. Philip Deneau also did a fantastic job. Like not enough credits being given to their top line on shutting down, focusing in on Matthews so that you leave Marner to make plays and he was unable to do it. And especially when once Tavares goes down, right? Yeah. Then you, you know just who learned a lesson here? to take out. You know who learned a lesson here? Sheldon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, we're not afraid to put him out against anyone. Eh. 
Maybe not next time, eh? Like, maybe don't say that next time, eh? The 25 minutes for each of those guys, Matthews and Martin, might have been a little much. Maybe you had to shelter them a little bit more, give them less so they're not drained out by game seven. Tavares is out. And Felino is hurt. And I'm, no, no, no. They're making world beater money. Beat the world. I agree. We're not even asking you to beat the world. We're asking you to beat Philip Deneau, Gallagher with a broken thumb, and a guy who was a healthy scratch in Tatar. Oof. And a goalie that, frankly, barely even made it in time for the playoffs. I mean, he's hurt. We know Price is hurt. There's a lingering issue there. And I and, and- Weber. Sherrod, Sherrod, I, I can't wait for whenever the Habs playoffs are done and we find out what's up with Ben Sherrod. Hmm. Beat the fuck up by the end of that series. The Leafs hammered that human being. Weber went into that series hurt. Oh, it's revolting. But sorry, I need to continue my point. So we talked about Marner. Matthews, we, we talked about his problem. Nylander, he's been there the whole time. Oh, well, you know what? He had five goals and he didn't have his regular center. So, okay, I'll give it to him. Riley, we need to – oh, God, no. He was head and shoulders above how he was in the regular season. He was great. All right. He was well, all, right. Great. all right, now, who else do we give it to? Who else has been there the whole time? Freddie sitting on the bench. Freddie. Oh, he was the backup, and he did great. <laughs> great in that role. Really great. He did great in that role. So, like, of the guys who have been there the whole time, the most disappointing are clearly Marner and Matthews. And Matthews. And what about Hyman? Oh, there's Hyman. Been you know the what? Time. He came into the series also hurt. And for the last three games, all of which they lost, he was pretty clearly the most effective forward on that line. You can't look at Zach Hyman and say that he didn't play hard. You never can. And didn't like, get chances. Never can. He had breakaways nope. and he had that one timer in game seven. Mm-hmm. And you go, you know what? You got to bury it. Well, fuck. No, he's your said than done. Yeah, he's yeah, like, he is. Yeah, no, he is. Who's but on his not, line? He has two guys things. who are supposed to finish for that line. He's yeah, if you're relying things. on a Zach Hyman breakaway Come to win on. your playoff series, uh, you're not going to win much. But at, at some point, there was a point in game five or six where he was like, oh, oh, okay, like I got to pull, I got to pull the trigger here. I got to be the trigger man because like th- these two can't get a shot through. And Marner did a good job feeding Hyman for that for that one goal. It was essentially Marner's goal. Um, Hyman had great chances on the power play, mm-hmm. breakaways, one timers. He was always shoving it in, always uh, in the blue paint. He was he was the best forward. He was the best forward uh, back half of that series on that line. Mm-hmm. How many? God, like. You can't get eight goals out of Nylander and Spezza combined and lose. Campbell cannot have a near identical save percentage to Price and lose. You can't get a series like that out of Morgan Riley and lose. You can't get so many of the things that you got out of this series. And, and you know, we talk about sample size. And that's the playoffs. We're not even talking about the whole series. We're talking about yeah. three, games. three games. That's a good point. <laughs> three. God. Game four is their best playoff game since we were in high school. Jesse wasn't even in high school yet. 
No. Jesse wasn't even in high school. Like I, like, I, and you how can't do even, you? You can't even blame the muzzin the injury. LFRs, guys, sorry, what? You can't even blame the muzzin injury because it should have been wrapped up by then. They came. They overcame a two nothing deficit and outshot the Habs thirteen to two with muzzin out the whole time, the entire time. Five defensemen. They played. They went up. Man. They went up three games to one without Tavares the entire time. None of it is an excuse. So what the, this is what I'm talking about with the LFRs. What happens when the thing that you're best at becomes the thing that you hate? Oh man. Welcome to, welcome to most people's jobs. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's pretty normal. You can hate your job. You're allowed to not like doing LFRs for a while. You still have to do them though. Yeah. That's not a choice. That's, 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 you know, dude, listen, I love what I do. I do. I love what I do for a living. Do you think that I like it every morning? Adam, do you like waking up at five in the morning? Fucking hate it. I am not an early morning person. There are mornings I walk in there and Jesse sees me and I'm fucking grumpy. (laughs) Grumpy. Especially if there's construction. Oh, fuck me. (laughs) Every goddamn route. To, to 260 Richmond Street West right now is down to one goddamn lane and I'm fucking stuck every morning and it takes me 15 minutes longer. Now, no, what I'm saying Steve, traffic is, is not part of your job. Yes, it traffic is. Part of my, the, the whole thing is I mean, a part, of, a part your of your job. job. Yeah. And let me tell you this. How about Come how about on. this, Steve? <laughs> when you work really hard, because here's what they do. So I prep my show the, the day before as Jez, as this Jesse. We all contribute to a Google Doc and then in the morning we line up what we're gonna do. You know what's great? When you work your butt off, you prep, you give up time with your family every evening and you put a show on the air and some jackass texts you and goes, you know what? Fuck you. You're only here because your mom's Marilyn Dennis. That's happened. Is that's that, happened is, before. I don't think that's you the think same I, LFR. No, no, but, but, but what I'm saying is, do you think I like my job in that moment? Oh, I do right. not like my job in that moment. Right. Sometimes right. it sucks to do what you're best at. You, you this think- is what you're best at. So on the like, like whenever I get mean comments like that, I'm not like, oh, I hate doing this. I'm like, I hate that asshole who right. That and it, and and it's early and it's this and it's that. And then you know maybe the ratings are shitty that month for whatever reason. Then you got to deal with the fact that the ratings are shitty and you have no control over it. I the think the point. I think the point here is, Steve, you need to keep doing the LFRs regardless of if you hate yourself every time you do it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like I miss I miss being a kid. And these guys were superheroes and they could do no wrong. No. And now I'm just like, uh, you're literally some dude and you happen to be good at hockey. And when, and you lead us along and when the playoffs come around, you kind of stink. And then we do it again. Growing up's a bitch, huh? Mm-hmm. It sucks. <laughs> it's, like, it's let, not to be that depressing, but like. In your fandom, when you realize that, hey, a lot of these fans care about this team more than the guys on it, it's a a sad day, but it puts you in a place, and you keep cheering on. And you know, here's the thing. You look at a guy like Kawhi. Every Raptors fan cares more about the Raptors than Kawhi Leonard ever did, but won a championship, so that's fine. Well, and and oh man, he's a great guy, and and, and that goes for so many players. Oh, he's a great guy, and here's a picture of me with that guy, and yo – what, how do you know that guy? You had a nice experience. He's a yeah. hockey player. Yeah, That's how you know that pucks. guy. Yeah, He's a hockey player. The hockey players play to win. When you don't win, they get yelled at. Like, I don't know. It's not odd that any Leaf is getting yelled at today and we're talking about 
yeah. the the fact that you know maybe some of them need to be traded. That's why the on ice criticism is something that's necessary from fan bases and from media personalities because that's what we're here to do. Because you you're in this position, we're not here to judge your your character or anything. We're just here to judge your skill at this dumb sport that somebody invented that we watch and we root for certain teams and we analyze them. There was, so we're, we're talking sorry, about your skill, and if it's not good enough, you need to go and they're going to get another guy who's going to play hard enough. Yep. There was a um, there was a rumor out there that Mitch Marner went golfing yesterday, and people were like, oh, "Of course you fucking did." Blah, blah, blah. And I think if that is your reaction, although that's sort of funny optically, so fucking what, man? Like I, all, he's allowed to go golfing. Friggin- it's the only thing you can friggin' do here in Ontario, anyway. But but regardless of that, even if golf if, if golf is his passion, he's just been through the ringer. Things suck. He deleted also- his social media before the playoffs. There, listen. My thing is, it's not about who these people are. It's about, I don't doubt that they're good people. I'm sure they're flawed. This is about lack of results. It's not even performance sometimes. It's results. And I don't think that this team, the way it is, can give you the results. And people go, what the fuck are you talking about? Look at these numbers. And I'm not talking about, like even Dom LeCision would be like, this is fucking ridiculous. And people are like, hey, Dom, it looks like your model's broken. Dom... Dom's model doesn't account for what's between the ears. Okay. Mm. He doesn't account for historic collapses year after year. There is a problem in the dressing room. I don't care how much these guys like each other. That's really nice. His what, model- I do, what I do care about is the results that they get. And boy, stinkers every year. I do want to get to the trade deadline. Steve, go ahead. Well, his model accounts for how astounding this is. Yeah. No, exactly. Yeah. No number from anybody. Stop acting like it's Dom. Stop acting like it's Jay Fresh. Stop acting like it's a it's 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 a money puck. Money puck. Stop acting yeah. like it's Sportsnet. Stop acting like it's ESPN. Everybody who was asked with their eyes and with the numbers and with their heart and with their brain said the Leafs should have won the series. And the Leafs went out for four games and they said, You're right. And then for three games, they went, ah, actually, fuck it. They didn't care. And also, in, in defense, golf is the number one activity to participate in when you don't want to be anywhere near any other people. Yeah. Also, it, it, it might have just been some dude at a golf course who's a Leaf fan. He wrote down Mitch's name on the uh, tee box or whatever. I'm like, hey, here's his tee time. It's Mitch Marner. And they yeah, took it could be anybody. on Twitter. Like yeah, it, there was no evidence for this rumor. Right. And that, but my point of that is yes. who fucking cares? Right. Even if it was, who fucking cares? Um, I think, I think at the end of the day here, I, I'd like to move on from Mitch Marner because, you know, Marner and Matthews didn't That's look great. I, I get the feeling that Matthews can work this out. I don't get the same with Marner. I don't yeah. think his play style, that's my opinion. I don't think it lends itself to the playoffs. Sue me if I'm wrong. Sue me. I, 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 there it is, line in the sand, and he could score score 120 points for the Leafs next season until I see it in games one through seven in in series one with the Leafs 
I don't believe it. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now, I do want to talk about the trade deadline because Rahif Issa, uh, she, she had a, a sort of a, one of those mind-bending tweets. And it made me remember how I felt the day that Felina was traded to Toronto. I thought at the time and tweeted at the time, that seems kind of steep. And we talked about it on the show. I felt like this is a lot for a guy that, I don't know. Here's the other thing that's come out. We know now that Felino was injured before the Leafs got him. Son of a fuck. Oh my God. So Taylor Swift, who scored Taylor Swift, (laughs) Taylor Hall, who scored three goals in the series for Boston. Not saying he would have scored for Toronto. Would, would Taylor have done that? Was a second round, second round pick. Now at the time you're like, well, the Leafs are scoring goals in bunches. Who cares? Felino, who did not score and could not play because the injury got worse was injured before we gave up a first, two fourths, and a sixth rounder for him. What was the injury and who said it? It's a knee injury. Um, and I don't believe I I don't remember the exact, but it was he was injured before he got to Toronto. And here's the other problem. And I think this goes to the overall team problem. You're gonna hear a lot of people say, oh, the Leafs' problem is depth. I think what they mean is secondary scoring. And what I mean by secondary scoring is you got Marner and you got Matthews and you've got Joe Blow, doesn't really matter who's going to play on their wing next year. Probably not going to be Zach Hyman. We'll talk about that with Chris oh. Johnston when he's on the show next episode, but I don't think Hyman's going to be back, neither does he. Oh, Your secondary just, scoring, once just, Tavares goes down, is led by William Nylander, right? And William Nylander is your secondary scoring. Whomst among us expects a goal from literally anybody else? If we got a goal from Spezza this series, we're happy. Thornton got one. Engvall is not going to score goals for you. Mikheyev is not going to score goals for you. Kerfoot's going to score some, but it's pretty rare. He was good I, too. I, I think there's a huge drop-off in Leafs' secondary scoring. And if you look at the Colorado model, which is the model you should be following, especially for a team constructed by the Leafs, what we did was we got a little gritty and hardy, and then we doubled down on it again at the trade deadline. And what you should have done is go, who's the best player available? How do we get him? The Bruins do it every trade deadline, and look at them. Look at them. They get the Bruins best player so available bad. every fucking deadline, every single time. Now, sometimes it works out. Obviously, Rick Nash was, I think there was a concussion there. Uh, and I believe before yeah. that, there was Hartman. Uh, but then you get like Taylor Hall, who's spectacular. Uh, and I think, I think you got to look at this situation and go, okay, we have unbalanced scoring here. Pierre Engvall cannot score. He can barely score in the regular season. He's not going to score in the playoffs. Maybe one. He's gone. Um, well, of course like, he's gone. But look at the rest of the yeah. lineup. Who, who in there is like, okay, McKayev has missed 
I think when he get a goal all year, he, he missed every single opportunity to score he ever had this year. I think he had seven, but like he, he, he really, I swear to God, if he can shoot, he's a 20 goal guy. Like the amount of chances he gets, he generates chances. He does shoot. He's a 50 goal guy. Oh, I know he can shoot though. McCann's stat line in uh, the playoffs, by the way, was the old Sam Mitchell thing. It was zero, 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 zero. zero. Oh. No goals, no assists, no points. Like so you're, he, the, the biggest criticism of him isn't that he didn't score. It's that he was not a factor. Yeah. Right. Well, and he is not a factor. Nice. He wasn't a factor all year. He had a couple of good games, game three and four. He really was great. I, and I even tweeted about him, like, damn, this is the Pierre Engvall I want. Because at least he's a factor. He's effective. What do you expect from Galch going into this series? Maybe a goal? Wayne Simmons, probably not. Pierre Engvall, definitely not. Mikheyev, definitely not. Thornton, maybe a goal on the power play. Well, that didn't really happen. Felino, it, it did. Oh, sorry, it did happen on the power <laughs> play. Sorry, one time. Felino, and then Spezza with three. Like, look at the names I am naming here, guys. None of these guys are guys who can score. You have maybe Hyman, definitely Matthews, definitely Marner, definitely Nylander, and Tavares if he's them. in. You're expecting all those guys to score. That is it. They don't have any secondary scoring beyond William Nylander, who, by the way, is secondary. So, so let's let's transition then, because I I know why I'm so depressed right now. So because I was sort of depressed doing uh, I just did a podcast before this with um, Berkshire and Mary there, mm-hmm. and I saw the tweet from CJ. Well, it was from the Sportsnet fan account. We're gonna have CJ come on Friday, mm-hmm. but the. Uh, the tweet in question is about something he said regarding Zach Hyman and God damn you, please load so I can read the thing. You son of a gun. Okay, here it is. I'm going to read it to you in its entirety. And I just need you to listen and bask in how in this dog shit. Ready? This is from CJ. If the end result is him having already played his last game as a member of the Leafs, it's unfortunate. It's the business side of the game. And frankly, it's the most likely outcome given where he's at in his career, the way other teams view him and what the Leafs can afford to pay him. That is unless the Leafs make a big change that I'm not expecting. Yeah, because the Leafs can offer Zach Hyman $5 million to $6 million and it's going to be stupid and he's going to take it. The Leafs losing Zach Hyman for nothing beyond it being a catastrophic level of unacceptable would affect me like no leaf leaving since James Reimer. It's an own rental, Steve. Yeah. I agree I, with that. I, 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 I will, I will, uh, no, no, <laughs> you can you, you can't, you can't lose this player. You can't lose this player and you can't lose them for nothing. This goes back to, you need to reevaluate. If you can have three $11 million guys when the cap is not going up, there was a scenario where, you know what? They can spend to the cap every year money. LOL. We don't give a shit about that. We're getting, Hey, Oh, you guys, we, we can't pay them $11 million a year here. How about we give them $15 million a year? Here you go. Here's your signing bonus. And we'll give you $16 million. And we don't give a fuck. We're MLSE. We'll give them whatever we want. And then the Panini hits. And the cap does not go up, and all of a sudden you can't afford Zach Hyman at half the cost. A heart and soul guy. 
who possesses everything this team lacks. And they're going to lose another one. Well, who you know, oh, Nazem Kadri has something that we that we don't have in abundance, and we're going to lose another one. Well, we had. That's what this team needs to get going forward: softer, softer, with, with less scoring depth, and a, a penalty killer, power play guy. He does everything. Well, Zach, you're going to do uh, face-offs on the penalty kill forever and ever, all oh, men, and we're not going to give you any fucking help. Uh, that's kind of weird, Mike. I'm a winger, but I'll try. Yeah, I don't give a shit. Get out there. And then he did it for half a decade. The Leafs losing Zach Hyman, uh, it depresses me. What do you do so if somebody much. offers him 5.5? Stop LFR because fuck these guys. Like, that's, no, no. That's... I mean, as as the Leafs, like, what do you what do you can't do anything about that situation if he's like, hey, these guys are offering me a ridiculous amount of money. You know? That's why you're proactive and you get on the phone and you go, here are all my expensive dudes. And I'll tell you what, this conversation extends to Morgan Riley because um, he's got a year left. And mm-hmm. here, let me let me throw something. Let me throw something at you. OK, so <clears throat> unlike last time, the Vegas conversation, it was very obvious they were going to do seven and three. I'm mm-hmm. not convinced that's what the Leafs are going to do this time. No, right now it's 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 uh no, it should be seven and three, and then curf it. You let him go. Yeah, no. they're going to lose him. I think they're going to lose him to the. To no, you the, mean uh, four and four. Kraken. No, okay. it's seven. It's seven and three, and then you keep your defenseman. You let. You Kerfitt can go. do four and four if you want. To. You no, can, no. yeah. No, no, because if if you do seven and three, then Jesse. Yeah. Muzzin signed a term. Riley has a year left. Brody signed a term. Hall signed a term. So, are you exposing Riley? Or who are you exposing? Did you got to expose one of the four guys I just mentioned? No, you want to do seven and three. You want to protect all your defensemen, is what I'm saying. I don't think you're understanding this. I no, it's seven forwards, three defensemen. Oh, I have it backwards then. Yeah. Okay. Oh, then yeah, yeah, four, four and four. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. my bad, my bad. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's seven forwards, no, I you three defensemen. seven defensemen. defensemen. No, Smart. my bad. Yeah. Just want to say that no, that protect- was award-winning between both yeah, of you. That Fantastic was terrible. Work. Well yeah. done. No, protect well done. protect as many defensemen as possible because you can you have, you're you're okay to lose some forwards. Is all. So this saying. is the thing: Matthews, Tavares, Marner. I mean, you're holding all all of them, obviously. Nylander. Uh and Nylander. So there's four, and then Kerfoot. You probably lose him. And yeah. Seattle goes absolutely. We'd like to get him. The end. He's got two years left. The Leafs have already paid eight of the fourteen million dollars involved there. If I were the Leafs, I'd actually explore trading him because I think that's a player with value. Yeah, get something uh, now. Yeah. Or here's the other option: you can do seven and three if you trade Morgan Riley, who only has a year left. And who, by the way, was wearing a YVR shirt in his press conference today. And people were like, oh, Mark Riley doesn't want to be in Toronto anymore. I think he's just wearing a shirt. It's where he's from. That's where he's, he's from. I know. I know. Yeah. But I'm just throwing that out there. No, I'm, I'm, responding, to, I'm responding to the internet idiot. Okay. <laughs> Everyone's got to guys. What the hell? God, Adam, you're such an internet idiot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Trade Riley. <laughs> and then here's the fun part. You trade Riley. Uh, you do seven and three. And then you still probably lose Dermot. Um, but like... That's not going to sink or make your team sink or swim. I don't think. Um, Freddie comes off the books, but you, you see what I'm saying here. I, I goaltender is not getting claimed. Certainly. 
because they're going to protect Campbell. And who are you going to lose? Hutch? (laughs) Can you imagine if it like, what what do we do? We just go, thanks. (laughs) I think because you have to expose one. That's part of the reason Hutch got this two-year deal. They're like, hey, you're a good person. Oh, and you think I can stop pucks? You're a good person. You're, You're a great guy. And, and we got a, no. And I, I think he was supposed to be a mentor in the AHL and then there was no ECHL. And I, I think the, the Leafs goalie depth right now is set up so perfectly like to have two, two or sorry, to have two, two and two in the NHL, the AHL and the ECHL. Cause they actually got a nice little pipeline of goalies coming up, but they're not, they're not close. And they're going to hit on at least one, I would think. But they're not close. So, anyway, getting away from the goalies. That's um, what we said you... about Pogi and Sparks. Mm. Mm. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. No, no. What they did with Pogi is they had an abundance of young goalies, and they just pointed at him, and they said, you're the guy, and threw Rask in the garbage. <laughs> And lucked into Reimer, who they like found in like a, a dustbin somewhere. That dude was playing the ECHL like the year before he started making stops in the NHL. God, I hate this team. Um, it's so Kerfoot is probably gone. I don't know how. Riley, you need to strongly consider it. And I love Morgan Riley. Too bad. It's not. It's not due to performance, right? No circumstance. Like, circumstance. The, the I, I want to say that so that people have that context, Steve, because oh. there will be people who take you literally go, Steve Dangle doesn't like Morgan Riley. It's like, what are the rest of the rabble on Twitter? I love Which Morgan Riley. I yeah. love Morgan Riley. And I want him to be a leaf. And you know, we all said in the play uh in the playoffs for the Leafs to go deep, lol. He's he's gotta be better. And he was. He was I cannot believe the performances the Leafs got out of certain guys and the fact that they lost. Like, I, I really, the performance they got out of him, out of Spezza, out of Nylander, out of Campbell. Fuck! You can't lose that goddamn series. You can't. You can't lose three consecutive fucking games. It's unacceptable. Holy shit! And now, you're looking at a situation where you need to sh- somewhat consider trading Mitch Marner, strongly consider trading Morgan Riley, and strongly consider trading Alex Kerfoot, uh, before you lose him for nothing. Like Kerfoot very proved this series. He's not a nothing player. A lot of people are like, oh, he's Seattle fodder, blah, blah, blah. Seattle fodder? You lose the only return you have remaining for Nazem Kadri for nothing. Yeah? Seattle fodder? I don't think so. Can I ask you guys? Sure. Out of the Ford group, you have Riley Nash, Zach Hyman, uh, Wayne Simmons, Nick Felino. Alex Galchenyuk, Jason Spezza, Joe Thornton. All of those guys are UFAs. Mm-hmm. Who are you bringing back? Spezza Hyman. Yep. That's it. That's it. Thornton those is two... not an NHL player anymore. Yeah, no, we're done It's there. too bad. I, we saw it. I love Joe. Loved having him here. Thought it was yep. so cool that he's in a Leafs jersey. Give him a job. Galch. Job. I'm interested in Galch, but I'm not interested in Galch at more than Leagueman. Yeah, and somebody well, else will pay him more. Make no mistake. He should stay here because it's a good situation, but they should offer him the least amount that they can to fit him under the cap 
put him on Tavares's wing again next year. The micro version of the Marner conversation is Engvall signed a two-year deal at 1.25 before the pandemic and after a hot start to his career. Yeah. If he if if we go into the summer, um, like he's probably we're talking like league men two way, right? But yeah. he, he signed early. Lucky him. So you got to find a way to get rid of him. If Seattle were to grab him, that'd be awesome. The other guys I mentioned were Riley Nash, um, Wayne Simmons, no. Felino, and um, you already did Spets on Thor. I thought Wayne Felino Sim- would be cool, but I don't I, think it's going to. Someone, I, I I think it was Platinum Sea Ghost. They're like, Nick Felino's uh, post series press conference is going to be in a car on the way back to Columbus. <laughs> well, <laughs> Uh, I know that first off, I loved having Wayne Simmons here and I thought he played great till his injury. So if you're going to have Wayne Simmons here, it's got to be at a lower number and it's got to be at a reduced role. doesn't mean you can't put him on the power play, but I see, I see Wayne Simmons as another guy where you're like, Wayne, we love you. We love having you here. Here's what we can offer you. And you're probably going to play fourth line minutes. Less than the 1.5. You wouldn't bring back to the 1.5 again. No. No. It's no? oh, the wow. cap's goddamn flat, Jesse. Yeah. Like, yeah, otherwise, I'd say absolutely. Like, if there was like, no cap at all, yeah, pay him five. Who cares? Oh, well. But it's sort of, you know, based on the economics of it, um, you have to try to keep Zach Hyman. Freddie's gone. Um, and Wayne Simmons is a heart and soul guy. I loved having him on the team this year. Gave them a swagger at the beginning of the season that they have not had for a long time. And mm-hmm. as soon as he was out, they sort of lost it. And but when we injured, 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 you cannot I, I rely on Wayne about, Simmons to play more than 50% of your games. I talked about Ben Sherratt looking beat up by the end of that series. Simmons got his ass kicked, man. Like yeah. he, he, uh, they went to war with each other, mm-hmm. Simmons and the Habs. And, uh, I tell you what, he took some guys with him, mm-hmm. but he was, he looked beat up by, yeah. by the end of it all. I think he can be convinced and I think you can still give him. You can give him like a mill, one point five. God, this the the cap staying flat for like years at a time. I don't, I don't know what you're supposed to do, and this is why the the Marner conversation doesn't need to have anything to do with you don't like him. No, it's it's, it's not no. sustainable to have this. The plan changed. The game changed. What are you supposed to do? There weren't any fans. No one made any money. The cap is there because of the money. Like, and, and if you want to, if you want to get freaked out by something else, I've been reading that there are slight, extremely slight rumblings about the MLSE board being worried about how much money they're spending on the Leafs with little to no return. Huh. And who could blame wow. them? They've got the biggest staffs, biggest scouting, biggest analytics, biggest coaching, biggest medical, biggest everything. That's and, a, pro- that's and I a think crazy it's, conversation. It's a fair question. Wouldn't you ask Brendan Shanahan the same thing? So we've given you every resource imaginable. We took L after L after L for a while. When does this get better? And if you are on the board, whether you like Brendan Shanahan personally or not, you have to ask that question. Me, Leafs Nation is asking that question. We love Shanny. Most of us love Dubas. There's like a few who don't, but basically it's, it's you know, Dubas is pretty well liked. Shanahan is well, well respected. And everybody is looking at this going, yeah, little to no return. And you can tell me each year, oh, well, there's someone's injured someone. 
everybody has injuries. Everybody has somebody major go down. You have to overcome it. And I wonder about if Maple Leaf Sports goes, okay, so maybe our organization's a little bloated. So maybe it's time to just keep the best people. The funny thing about sports franchises, franchises is they make their money in winning. You make your most ad revenue, your ticket sales, your jersey sales. Every single part of your business just goes up if the team on the field or the ice or the diamond just wins. And that's, that's a wild bomb if those conversations are actually going on. I'm, I'm coining the term wild bomb for you, Adam. The wild bomb. Wild it's bomb. not me that's, by the way, it's not my news. It's your but reporting. It's, 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 <laughs> you don't blame them for asking. And look at Steve's face. I just want to kiss you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I just want to tell you it's going to be okay because it is going to be okay. I, I, I hate them. I hate them. So, so how can I not? Day, I hate you're, them. You're, 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 you know, last year, apparently, what I said after the Columbus series is the hardest thing to do is to do nothing. And they did nothing with the core and brought in some pieces. And we all thought, you know what, this is good. And for the first, if the season, it looked really good. What, what hole do you put in this team? But if your team is not scoring from the top, meaning the best players, if Michael Jordan has a bad series, the Bulls fucking lose, man. If, and you could say, well, the NBA is not the same as hockey. Okay, let's take a bigger team sport. If Aaron Rodgers doesn't complete passes, the Green Bay Packers don't win, Right. Well, it won't be the Green Bay Packers for long. If Tom Brady does not complete passes and game manage like he has at fucking 40 million years old with a brand new team, the Buccaneers do not win. You know, this is the thing. Your star players, I don't care what sport it is, your star players must show up. Do I think they're lacking in secondary scoring? Absolutely. But at the end of the day, this comes down to two names, Marner, Matthews. And I put Marner at the top of that because I am not fully convinced. There it is. Now, where do you go from here? Because if you do nothing, here's the, the other option is, and a lot of people are advocating this, and I understand why, guys. A lot of people say, you know what? Do nothing. That's bad luck. What do you say to that? Well, based on you both of your analysis of the forward group, it looks like four guys are going to come back. And that's Tavares, Marner, or Tavares, Matthews, uh, Nylander and Hyman, you know, like those are your four and the rest are up in the air. Maybe Spezza too. And Spezza. So give Spezza. it five, five out of 12, uh, your 12 starters, you know, Spezza is a team employee who plays like, right. <laughs> like <laughs> and he's he such a unique situation. Yeah. yeah. So let's give it five out of the 12, uh, to your starters. So more than half of your guys aren't coming back. That's a, that's a wholesale change. That's enough. I think where you come back next season, you say, okay, this is a fresh start for a new group of guys. Let's see how this rolls out. But you got to now, now Jesse. So they're going to bring in a lot of youth. Then I imagine Nick Robertson's going to make this team. There's one. Yeah. There's, there's six. one. There's yeah. Rodion Amirov will get a look. Seven. Um, potentially, potentially seven. Potentially get a look. By the way, I would say if you are, people are like, what do you do with if Mitch Marner goes? If you think you've got a player that's ready in Robertson, wouldn't you put Nylander up with Matthews and then Robertson with Tavares and let him come along? Like, if, Neil, your... if Marner stays, put him with Robertson. That's great. That'd be, that'd be cool. I want to see it. Let me see it. Let me just see it. That'd be sick. Well, imagine Marner's Matthew, sorry, Marner, Matthews, and, and, uh, and Robertson. That'd be a great line. Let me see it. God, God, that'd be fun. Just let me see it. It's the first I've smiled all episode. But like, so we talked about, I, I like I said this before the playoffs began when I actually thought they would do fucking anything. 
I, I said, I thought they would go younger next season, just kind of at a necessity. And also they're a little old. At, they're a little old, but like, also, if you look at where their prospects are in their development, there are some guys who are pretty near ready and like Adam Brooks, I thought proved he deserves like a look at like a regular NHL slot. Mm-hmm. Robertson certainly, and he he had some horrible luck with Sandine's a full time player next season. Sandine's a full time player. He probably but, takes that Riley slot if he's out the door, like you're saying, Steve. But this core that we all seem to agree has something not right with it is now going to usher these kids into the National Hockey League, and I just don't trust them. Mm. I don't trust them well, to to what and 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 like. I need, I need to, I need to be able to take you seriously. I need to have faith in the advice you're giving me. And if I'm Robertson, I'm looking at them going, oh, well, when I was a high school student, I got called up to play in the playoffs because you guys are such a joke. So how about, like, like uh, he doesn't even need to be an asshole about it, but there's got to be a voice at the back of his head going, these guys might not be the smartest or they, they, their advice might not be the soundest. You know what I mean? Joe Thornton comes in there. You know, you see the reference, the reverence everyone has for him. Spezza. This is why Spezza is so important to the plan. They need someone who's done anything once ever. Muzzin, for God's sake, Muzzin was helps the on back the end. ice the last time the Leafs won a playoff series. They beat him in versus Ottawa in 2004. Who? Jason Spezza. Yeah. He, oh my God. He lost to the Toronto Maple Leafs in 2004. Uh, the last time the Leafs won a playoff series, Jason Spezza was on the ice. I I just I just want to expire. I just so I just, he knows oh something about the Leafs winning. So it's unbelievable. And, and hey, here, here, here's a fun little stat. Riley Nash is where the Leafs go to die in the playoffs uh, because he beat the Leafs as a member of the Boston Bruins. He beat the Leafs as a member of the Columbus Blue Jackets. And thanks to Aaron Portsline for this tweet, by playing in two out of seven playoff games, which is over 25%, the Leafs' seventh rounder that they gave Columbus turns into a sixth. He played two games. With the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> he played two. To be you fair, suck. chances are. Sucks. Boo. We should all shout it from the rooftop. Steve, Steve, Steve. To be fair, he what? played two more games than that sixth round pick is probably going to play in the NHL. Oh, Adam, I, I need you. Okay, when that sixth round pick wins the heart, you need to buy their jersey. Okay, it's fair. Not, it's Done. not necessarily even a six-round pick. It's he's going to play two more games than the upgraded 30 that you get, you know? Mm-hmm. So like, Yeah, well, no, and here's what I want to say, guys, <laughs> is is this. You know, if, like, you know, I tweeted it out, and I got, like, <laughs> for me, as a lot, 3,000 likes. I said it was very That's likely Mitch Marner's last game. And I said, why? And I also said, hey, it's going to cost them a pile of endorsements. And people are like from, from Chicago and New York and LA are like, oh, hockey players can get endorsements. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I'm like, actually, I do. Because in all the cities you just mentioned, hockey is not the dominant sport. Uh, uh, and trust me, the numbers here are much bigger than the numbers they would be here for hockey. It'll cost Doesn't mean you can't agree. make money, but you're not going to get the same money and it's not going to be the same. 
It'll cost him his dream. It, yes, it'll cost, it'll cost him, him his, his dream. dream. So go what? with that, Steve. I want to talk about that. Um, like for the guys on the Toronto Maple Leafs who grew up cheering for the Toronto Maple Leafs, your dream was to win the Stanley Cup with the Toronto Maple Leafs. You go somewhere else, you win, you you hoist it above your head, you know, you 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 bring the cup to the cottage, you celebrate with your friends, you drink out of it, and you get your ring, and for the rest of your life you'll have that silver medal. And it'll be a great thing. It'll be not everyone wins silver. It's a special thing to win silver. Pe- people talk uh, too bad about the silver medal. You know, you worked your entire life and you're the second best in the world at something. You know, I, I'm I'm being a little facetious about it, but if your dream was to win a cup with the Leafs, it seems so obvious that that's Spetz's goal. Yeah. He could, Jason Spetz could go somewhere else and they'd welcome him with open arms. He had 30 points this season in 54 games. He'd be welcome with open arms. He, he, he had as many points as Chris Kreider. I was looking up today. More than Josh Anderson? More than Josh Anderson. Like, you should see the players who had the same amount of points as Jason Spezza. Uh, Joel Erickson Eck. Like, like he was he's in there with some really good names. Like, some solid names. Far younger names. He could go anywhere, but his dream is so clearly to win the Stanley Cup with the Toronto Maple Leafs. And he's got the chance. Not every Leaf fan gets this chance. You know what I mean? Steven Samkos grew up cheering for the Toronto Maple Leafs. He's been on the lightning his whole career and he won. Hooray. And I raise it above my head, but maybe, maybe winning the cup is your dream, but then winning it with the Leafs is your super dream and you have your fucking chance and you're wiping your ass with it. And it, and it kills me as someone who doesn't have the talent. I don't have the talent. We grew up with the same dream, but I never learned how to skate (laughs) and, and like, but, you know, you know, like I'm I'm out there in the driveway, I'm by myself. Ah. And that was me. That was me. And it could be you and you can make it real. It and goes back no to matter the, where you go, it won't be here. The the fans care more than the players at the end of the day. Sure. Like I I 100% believe that you Steve care more about winning a Stanley Cup than every guy who played for the Leafs uh, on Monday night. You know, and I wish they had your passion for the team. Would it lead to results? I don't know. Maybe they would be too passionate and would <laughs> would paralyze themselves into oblivion. But who knows? I want to throw something at you guys. Can I can I tell you about what I hope? I read a book uh, about hope, and basically, it told you to stop hoping. It's a Mark Manson book, and I was like, this this book is depressing as hell. He's like, don't stop hope. <laughs> He's like, don't hope uh, because uh, AI is taken over in a few years anyway. I'm like, okay, well, uh, with the years I got left, I'm going to use some hope. But, um, but the, uh, the thing I hope is that I'm wrong. What I hope is that Kyle Dubas, if he watches this, which he doesn't, goes, fuck you, and keeps the core together, finds a way for these guys to win. Mitch Marner wins the Art Ross Yep. Matthews wins the rocket in the heart and we look uh, like shit. Jack Campbell wins the Vesna and they steamroll every goddamn team, all of them together to the Stanley cup finals where they win next year. That's what I hope. I hope and I'm wrong with Mitch Marner. I don't want to see Mitch Marner traded. This is no, the thing when you no. say, when you say like, Hey, this is probably his last game. This is 
This sucks. Do you think I fucking want to say this? What I want to be talking about is how Mitch Marner matches up with Matthews against Wheeler and Shifley in round two. That's what I want. This is why I get kind of upset sometimes when people quote this show and, and I'm like, you, okay, you just said a tweet. We talked for two hours. So here we are now. I don't want Mitch Marta to be traded. No. I want him to hoist the Stanley Cup above his head as a member of the Toronto Maple Leafs. And live his dream, right, Steve? And live his dream. And yours. And help me realize mine. I know I'll never be on that fucking team. I'd, <laughs> I'd like him to help me realize my dream of watching the Leafs, of covering the Leafs, winning the Stanley Cup. Yep. But this year's team that looked ready, looked so ready, um, couldn't do it, and now we got to look at options. It's not even that they couldn't do it. They couldn't win one more game. They could do it, and that's what's so fucking yeah, crazy. They right? could, and they, they didn't do it. fucking could. And, and they could. Undisputable, undisputable fact, game seven was their worst game. Without question. Again, yeah. again, yeah. the third straight playoff series. So is it a feature or a bug? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, 11 to 2, for f- God's sake. Any other team. Okay. So we're talking about the Leafs here because we watch them the closest, but, you know, we dabble around the league. Any other team, we see them. We, we see that they've been outscored 11 to 2 in deciding games over yeah. their past three deciding games. We go, oh, yeah, no, they need to blow it up. Oh yeah, no, 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 no. There's something wrong there. The accommodation's not right. They need to do something, anything. Even a trade that will look like the wrong decision at the time will at least be something. And then we move forward. I saw, I saw a great discussion. It was, it was the Bruins, um, of like the early 2000s, and it was like first round exit, first round exit, missed the playoffs, first round exit, first round exit, second round exit, first round exit, missed the playoffs, first round exit, something like that. Like it, like it wasn't good. They, they could, they, I think got into the second round once in like 10 years, and, but they still won it. And then I, I think it was Jay fresh on Twitter was like, yeah, but they traded Blake Wheeler, Phil Kessel, Joe Thornton, um, Sergei Samsonov. Like they traded astoundingly good players. Let Byron Defoe walk. Like there was a huge roster turnover with big Lord Byron, Lord yeah. Byron. And, and they won. That was the Tim Thomas when they won it, right? Yeah. yeah. And who came out? Who fall. came out of nowhere at the age of four hundred to win yeah. a fucking playoff series? And sometimes you like, fall <laughs> ass backwards into a twelfth round pick of the Nordiques, who's in his thirties, uh, right? Oh, uh, like, but but around Tim Thomas was Patrice Bergeron and Zdeno Chara and a young Brad Marchand and a young Tyler Sagan and. And, and, and like they were still a, they were a very, very good team on paper. They were a top 10 team analytically that year. If I remember correctly, Canucks were way better, but the Bruins were still up there, but they also got out of this world goaltending. Rask was the starter the year before. Mm -hmm. Like it's sports. I'm waiting for that. When? When, when do the Leafs fall ass backwards into any kind of fortune like that? When is there hilarious moment where you go, I, I, this makes no sense. Your, your hamburglar is- moment. Can I? Yes, yes, yes. Fuck. <laughs> Great point. When do they go, 
on a 20 and two run with an AHL backup. Like, well, they have Jack Campbell, who was a surprise this year. Although if you look at his underlying numbers, you think, well, he probably was capable of this. So that's a, you didn't fall ass backwards into it, but it's a positive, but you're right. There was right. at least some inkling of this guy could end up being our starter. Well, yeah, because he, he took a shitty L.A. team and still had a, a crazy save percentage. I Tim think- Thomas was there because, like, Hanu Toivonen wasn't who they expected him to be. And if you're going, who the fuck is that? Exactly! So, so at the end of the day, let me leave you with this. The hardest thing to do is to do nothing. And if the Leafs do not trade Mitch Marner and I am incorrect, I'm happy. I'm happy to be incorrect. And I'm even happier if they go out and tear it up next year. I'm happiest still if they do it in the playoffs. That is what I want. That is what Jesse wants. That is what Steve wants. Do not misquote us on this. We want this team with these players who we've invested now six, seven years into. I mean, God, Nylander's been around since 2015. It's 2021. I'm into... I mean, we're halfway through 2021, by the way. This is month number six. So, like, we have – I remember Steve writing one of his first articles for Sportsnet, and it was about Zach Hyman, some kid that they'd fallen ass backwards into, actually, believe it. I'm going to be inconsolable if they lose Zach Hyman for nothing. Well, hopefully (laughs) not. Um, But um, I I do think that there are more things that we need to discuss with Chris Johnson. So, Mm -hmm. before, you know, know, I, I hear it all the time. Oh, you guys are too hard on the Leafs. This is the job, guys. When they don't perform, we have to talk about this. And and the other thing is, if you let me just say it one more time, if you are abusing human beings online, please get help. Please yes. get help. You need it. You need help. If you've ever done it, you need help. Go to a therapist. Talk it out. Improve yourself. You only have you to blame for that. And we we have Chris uh, we have Chris on Friday, and James Myrtle is tentatively booked for next Wednesday as well. So we'll get his opinion. Nice. There's lots and lots of Leafs coverage to get to. And also, with apologies to every other market that listens to our show, and genuinely, we do appreciate it, we will get back to it Friday. We will start talking about the rest of the playoffs, too. Uh, it's just Adam, been, as you can imagine, a total fucking meltdown I, in Toronto. I, I got news for you. Look at the numbers on this channel, on my channel, on the Sportsnet channel. Everyone's watching because they want to know what on God's green earth the Leafs are going to do. Well... As our friend CJ often does, he will tell us, we will have questions, and hopefully, maybe we can get a little bit more closure on a season that still feels like a gaping open wound. Are you guys down with that? Totally. Can um, I can I do something and put your Toronto Maple Leafs fandom into perspective for a second here? Please do. Uh, the Boston Red Sox went 85 years without winning a World Series title. The Chicago White Sox went 87 years without winning a World Series title. The Chicago Cubs went 107 years without winning a World Series title. You're not close. Like, this isn't like everybody's like, oh, the Toronto Maple Leafs are fucking cursed. We're the worst franchise. You know, mm-hmm. you're not close. Get there. You don't even win that. Also, I will say they went to the finals. You're only the worst in hockey, guys. You're only the worst in (laughs) hockey. Also, you want true uh, futility? The Sacramento Kings. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell mm-hmm. you about the Sacramento Kings for anybody who doesn't know. The Sacramento Kings entered the NBA as a franchise. Uh, they moved over from Kansas City. They're the Kansas City Kings. They joined the NBA in 1985. From 1985 until 2000, they didn't win a playoff round. 
Oh, as a franchise from 1985 to 2000, they didn't win a franchise. That's still less time than the Leafs' current streak, by the way. All time since their franchise 1985 to 2021, they have yet to make an NBA Finals. Never Ooh. made the Finals. Currently, currently as a team, since 2006 to 2021, they have not qualified for the playoffs. They, they haven't made the playoffs from 20 from 2006? 2006 to 2021 up until the streak is still going. They haven't made the playoffs. You have it a little Rudy better Gay. than some other teams around sports. So is Rudy Gay on the Sacramento? He was, was wasn't he? Still there? I don't know. I don't know where Rudy Gay there. is now. I, I want to throw this at you. Uh, I thought he was like, on San Antonio. Things, uh, things can always get worse. Let me just throw this at you too. Um, the only difference is, yeah, things can get worse, Jesse. The only difference is Sacramento uh, doesn't have the resources of, say, the New York Knicks, who continually fuck it up. The New York Knicks do feel make me feel better about being a Leafs fan. I mean, New York does have its share of successful teams, um, but uh, you know, at least we don't have that guy as our owner. We had that guy as our owner in the '70s and '80s, and uh, it'll be okay. Um, and we'll figure it out, and we'll get there. Okay, they're in a good position. This Leafs franchise, they have, like you said, Adam, the resources, and there's some talent there. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film. If only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for fifteen dollars a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com/slash switch. Upfront payment of forty-five dollars, equivalent to fifteen dollars per month, unlimited over forty gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at four eighty p. Active Mint customers by five thirty-one twenty-four get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May thirty-first, twenty twenty-four. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply. If rated PG. Also, Adam, are you okay to talk about what we talked about earlier? Yeah, uh, history corner, right? Yes, if you don't mind doing the history. Oh God. Corner. Okay, so I, I I said oh God because of what happened in Canada this week. And Steve, this is a this is going to be a bit of a dark subject, but I'm gonna I think it's important that we discuss it. Yes, it was Jesse's idea, but I think it was a good discussion. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, it was. It was full credit where it's it due. Like I'm. Yeah. yeah. So for quick history corner, uh, uh, oh. we're going to talk about what happened in Canada with something called the residential school system. And I know this is a tough one, but I think you got to know what happened here. So the, uh, the, the Coles notes on this, and I encourage you to do a little more research. Can we it, just say as well, there's 215 uh, unmarked graves of children uh, that were found uh, last week in Kamloops, BC. Outside of a school. Out and I've actually had a few DMs about this. And I was like, man, do we talk about that in the SDP? But I think when it comes to causes that we believe in, we should. Yeah. And this is something you've mentioned before. Like we've brought, you've brought this up specifically in your history corner. So yeah, it's important that we address it. So, uh, so basically they, they, they're flying over this school with infrared scanning and they're able to pick up bones. They're able to find, see the outlines of bones. And you're talking about, what was it? How was it? Is 215? 215. 215. Yeah. Separate kids be. that were unaccounted for. Just, we, we don't even know who they are. We don't know what their names were. We don't know what tribe they were from. We don't know anything. We're finding out, but it's, it's still going to be a tough one. So what happened was when uh, there was a, um, an act that was called the Indian Act, and there were a couple other acts as well in the 1880s that instituted a policy of, um, on both sides, both the British colonial government slash Canadian government at the time, which was sort of in transition, 
and uh, the tribes, especially out west, which is where this kind of all started. You got to remember that Canada at the time was like British Columbia, Ontario, Quebec, and, and like the eastern provinces. There was no Manitoba. There was no Saskatchewan. There was no Alberta. It was just the Great Plains, the Hudson's Plains, whatever they're called. Anyway, long story short, they, uh, they, they turn this land into Canada. They send surveyors out and they create these uh, reserves. And the local chiefs uh, at the time, understandably, were concerned about the next generation's ability to survive in a stranger's world. Meaning that, you know, if you're, you're a chief and you're, you've been out on the plains the whole time and literally you were hunting buffalo and you might have been, uh, been Métis, you might have been one of the plains Indians, uh, and I would, I would say, I wouldn't use that term anymore, but that's what they were called at the time. Um, the, um, the issue becomes, okay, well, my type of life is going away. The way I survive our tribal traditions is going because we've signed this treaty. We're outmatched, outmanned. Our land is no longer our own. We're being moved to this spot and we will not be able to do the things that we used to do before. And the, the herds of buffalo that used to be out here that we used to live off of when we migrated along with them are gone because these, and believe it or not, guys, when those first railway tracks made their way across the country, and this happened in the United States and Canada, they would actually have guys on the train, like train loads of people where if they ran across a buffalo herd, these guys would get out and start shooting until they ran out of bullets and then move on. And the whole thing was for sport. So you might take one buffalo head with you to mount on your wall, but you might've killed a thousand, 2000 in a herd. And you know how big Buffalo are. So there, that's a lot. And there are stories of these uh, native peoples in Canada and the United States coming upon, upon these total death zones, just an entire herd wiped out and then rotting in the sun. And as you know, Canada's native peoples would have used all of that. They used uh, the muscle fibers. They ate, uh, they used the bones. They used everything because they needed to. This, the plain settlers just didn't look at things that way. And we're quite wasteful. And that goes back to, there's a whole bunch of, <coughs> excuse me, things like that that happened in Africa. Uh, uh, you know, the uh, hunting at the time was outrageous, outrageous across the world. And anyway, long story short, these, these chiefs rightly thought, well, shit, what the hell am I going to do? How, put yourself in their position. Your kid is growing up and you can't teach them anything about what the, what world is coming, about how their life is going to be. So, uh, there's a provision set up wherein the Canadian government uh, is supposed to educate these kids and help them, give them the skills to, uh, I guess, be a part of the society that is coming, incoming. And so the whole idea is, um, okay, so you guys are making us give up our land. You need to educate our children so that they can survive in your world. We don't have a choice here. So at least give us our kids that. So what the Canadian government does is they send up, set up three schools and there, there had been some in Quebec in the new France era, but it was, you know, well before this and, and not really connected in the same way. Um, so the Canadian government does this and they start to do this across the country. And what happens is they, uh, because of the politics of the time and the optics of the time, use the resources of churches and religious organizations because the Canadian government's basically broke. They don't have the money to do this and they want to strip 
this new generation of native kids of their culture. They want them to be Euro-Canadian is what the, is what Canadian encyclopedia uses. And so they put them in these schools. They take them away from their tribes, away from their families. They are not allowed to go home because the government can't afford it. And they turn them over to the church and uh, forgive my offense, any offense given to anybody who is religious, but we know the history of the Catholic church in recent times. Imagine remote areas, a bunch of children and a couple of guys. There was uh, widespread reports of uh, a, like in serious sexual assaults, uh, beatings, um, and, uh, and also frankly, because they had no money, they were actually under strict orders to save as much as possible. These kids didn't eat much more than like oatmeal, like maybe a little bit of beef at the end of the day. Um, a lot was, of manual labor as well. A lot of man well, and, then, and so I'll get to that. But okay. what that does when you have a shitty diet, what happens? You get sick, pandemics sweep through. Flus sweep through, and it really affected the female contingent. I mean, there was a report that, like, somebody said there, you'd lose two or three girls a month at the school. You'd lose two or three girls a month at one particular school because of this. So then on top of that, Steve makes a really good point here. You go to class in the morning. What do they have you doing in the afternoon? Well, for the girls, they're sewing blankets and sewing uniforms. So they're literally building their own uniforms for the next class group. And for the guys, it's, oh, we're going to teach you how to be carpenters. We're going to teach you how to be this, teach you how to do that. Basically, they're digging stuff. They're cutting things. And even with that, they were not able to teach them sufficient skills to actually work in the real world. So if you were native born, you went to one of these residential schools, let's say you graduate and you didn't run away. You end up at so you end up in Fort Calgary, you end up in Vancouver early days, you end up in Toronto early days when it's York, you end up in Montreal, one of the, you know, the biggest cities in North America at that time. You don't have the skills. You do not have the skills to even do basic manual labor there. They, they, you know, they thought that they were being trained. And here's the other thing. They'd bring these kids to these schools. These kids would not speak English or French, which were the only languages taught. And they would start teaching them in English. How much are you going to learn? Right? So then what happens is you have generations of kids who have not seen their families for literal years, not taught the proper quote unquote Euro-Canadian way of things, told that their culture is terrible, told that they're going to hell, told that they are, uh, what's, the, what's the word for, um, uh, for people that are not Christianized and they, pagan, call them little pagans, little pagan heathens is what, is what they used to call them. And they are not, directly linked to the new culture coming into their land. They're also, when they go back to their tribes, completely alienated because they don't maybe speak the language anymore and they don't know any of the traditions. And it's been 10 years. Imagine you're eight years old, you're taken away from your family and you're not back till you're an adult. How much are you going to know about them? How much are you going to know about your tribal traditions? So what it did was you have uh, over the course of say 80 years, 150,000 people who are between two worlds completely between two worlds. There's a wall up and they, this is how they describe it. There's a wall up with the tribe because I don't fit in there. And there's a wall up with, you know, the Europeanized North America because I don't fit in there either. So what am I supposed to do? And here's the most st like starkly insane fact about this. And then I'll shut up. 150,000 people they think showed up. 150,000 people they think showed up for these schools and were taken away from their families. 6,000 at least died. 
At least. I want you to imagine that 3% of all kids that went to school in Toronto died. Three in a hundred. So if you go to high school and you've got, you got 10,000, or you got, sorry, a thousand people there, 30 of them are going to die. An entire class. It's crazy. Those numbers, and, and those numbers are probably way lower than what actually happened. And, and, and it falls to the Canadian government. It falls to the Catholic church, the Anglican church, the United church, Presbyterian church. All of them were involved. Catholic, I think the Catholic church had three fifths of all schools and the Anglicans were two, two fifths and whatever. Everybody's culpable here. Everybody's culpable. And it's an ugly, ugly, ugly stain in our history. It is not, we, we, it's so funny, you know, under Diefenbaker in the fifties, Canada became this peace loving nation. The residential school system happened. The last school closed in 1996. That's what I was just about to say, that the Gordon Residential School, the federal government began to shut down the schools across Canada in the 1970s, though the last residential school, the Gordon Residential School in, I think it's Puniki, uh, Saskatchewan, closed in 1996. Each member of the show was alive. Wow. So many of the people listening to this were alive. It's a it's a time you remember, and you probably had no idea. I uh, ahead of the game seven stream uh, talked to a friend of mine who's indigenous, and I said, "Like, listen, what's a what's an indigenous charity that you value and and trust?" And he gave me the name. Actually, Jesse, I'll send you the link. Maybe we can add it to the, the video yeah. for this. Um, and I was just like, honestly, man, I had no idea. And this guy was, you know, is, uh, my friend and we were, you know, really close throughout university and like, this never came up. And, and he's like, dude, I didn't even really know until maybe 10, 12 years ago. And the the name of the charity on hand. Yes. So it is, I have it open. Um, it's called on CanadaHelps.org, uh, Indian Residential School Survivors Society. Um, it's a registered registered business on CanadaHelps.org, um, but uh, yeah, lots of lots of people saying yes. This is a. I've heard enough people talk about it that I trust it. Right. And I just want to uh, thank Cash, who reached out on Instagram. He said his grandmother uh, is a survivor of a residential school. She's in her 60s now, and uh, she was tra- very traumatized by it. And he, he's in grade 11, Cash, and he said he'd never uh, like learned about it in school. He had to find out through his grandmother. So that prompted me to ask you for this conversation, Adam. So thank you, Cash, for reaching out about that. It's, I, it's, it's him, a failure... Just- Sorry. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, no, it's, no, a, it's, it's such an, an enormous failure of our education system. Uh-huh. Like, I remember, I remember learning a lot about, like, you know, Rupert's land and, like, super old Canada when it was just getting settled. And you heard about the different tribes and treaties. They don't talk about how none of them were, none of them were honored. And I, I don't like residential school is a term I learned probably within the last couple of years. Yeah. Now let me, let me say, stick one other thing in your craw. First off is it, was it chase that you, that reached out to you? Uh, cash, cash, sorry. Cash's grandmother. Uh, cash. I hope that first off cash's parent, cash's mom or grandmother is the same age as my mom. Right. Like that's not, that ain't long. 
And that's not that long ago. And let me also say this. um, uh, When the Canadian government finally did apologize, issue its first apology for this, it was 2005. And they put together a fund, a reserve fund for um, survivors of the school. So you could apply and and make some money. It was only $1.9 billion. Sounds like a lot, but it's not considering what the fuck happened. We're talking generational abuse. On top of that, and this will stick in your craw, because it was a Stephen Harper government, and I say that because I know how Stephen Harper operates, this is exactly what he would do. They made no provision in there for Newfoundland and Labrador because they argued when the residential school system was was active in Newfoundland and Labrador, it was still a British colony, which it was until 1949 when it joined Confederation. So the conservative government in 2005 under Stephen Harper refused to take responsibility for it and refused to help. And it wasn't until I think it was 2016 where the Trudeau government stepped in and said, no, 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 we're all doing this. And you can say what you want about Trudeau, but that is that is some cold, calculating, nasty bullshit right there. It is. However, the Canadian government is still fighting against lawsuits um, and other legal action. And a lot of this was going on with Trudeau's dad in charge. I don't know if oh, yeah. Americans I mean, his, know that his 100%. dad used to be prime minister. Yeah. I mean, his it's, dad did a lot of things to move the country forward, but this seemed like an easy one. And it's crazy. One of the prime ministers that was prime minister was at the time it was, this is the title of the time, Indian affairs minister knew exactly what was going on, became prime minister, did nothing. Was he really? I don't think it was Trudeau's. I don't think it was Trudeau. I got to figure out who, uh, who it was, but I know that. Um, I, I, again, of course I, you know, do all the research and forget that name, but, uh, Canada, we like to get on our high horse about a lot of things, but the the way indigenous peoples have been treated here is monstrous. Yeah. And, uh, you're talking about, you know, somebody that, uh, you know, there are cultures that almost entirely wiped out. And, you know, I always believe that the more cultures you have in a society, the better you do, uh, because it allows you to step outside of your box and realize that life isn't one way. It's multiple different ways. I wish I'd known more about this when I was younger. Uh, but I have to say, um, uh, it's nice. At least the people are talking about it on mass. Now, now the question is, what do we do? Right. Canada, Canada does a great job hiding its atrocities from yes. its own people. Yep. Yes. Like, especially, well, from their children growing up in schooling. Like, I had no idea about these things until my late 20s. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. And it happened. We were alive. We were alive. Yeah. I remember 1996. And there were kids while I was in school going to school at a residential school. Mm-hmm. Wow. There are kids That's... like they they look my age. Yes. They look like young men and women. They're they're not old. They're under 40 who mm-hmm. went to these schools. Like all the monstrous. All the flags at half mass across the country, like that's awesome. Like you should definitely do that. But also we need to take some action. Yeah, this is why I this is why I <laughs> my uh, I was sort of talking to my wife and she was like, is there we do something other than like an orange ribbon. Like it's all well and good. Yeah. But it doesn't the, the really message help is good. anyone like right. thoughts and prayers for this mass shooting, but ban guns. Like, right. It's 
it's it's along those same lines. So that's a good place to start. And we're open to I'm open to suggestions because again, this is something I'm just I'm just really learning about. And if there are other charities, um, you know, maybe on like a more local level. Yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe Kamloops specific. I don't know. Anyway, it's, it's insane. Well, That's a, it's a, it's an abrupt turn, but we've talked about so much on this show and it's just, it's that there are the atrocities, you know, right. So many people don't even know about this one. Yeah. Yeah. I know more about uh, things that happened in, in, in Eastern Europe in 1942. Not that you shouldn't know that, but if you should know that you should, should you should know what happened at home too. Well, and, and like seeing people like, well, a lot of those kids died of tuberculosis. Like kids are just supposed to die of tuberculosis on and what mass. And how did they get tuberculosis? Like, like, like you can get, it was highly infectious. Yes. But you, who's, uh, they know that a diet helps, right? Who's like eating food? Uh, this goes back to our other thing about if you're on uh, an athlete's Instagram telling them to you suck or whatever. If you're on Twitter trying to defend the death of children, like you got something wrong with you. Yeah, no, I want uh, like I don't I don't trust you to operate a motor vehicle. I, I don't no. want to drive next to you. Oh no, I, I don't. Like no, go speak to someone. Yeah, please. Yep. Anyway, love you guys. Uh, please uh, do some I, research on that. Yes. Can I say one thing? Uh, since we started this podcast, Pride Month began. Happy yes. Pride Month to everybody out there celebrating, which should be everybody. Thank you. Yeah. Love you. Uh, we'll see you Friday with Chris Johnston. Down to be a banger. The Steve Dangle Podcast. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle, at Adam W-Y-L-D-E, and at Jesse Blake. Connection complete.